Strawberry Hound Dog. Howdy, kidlets. Hello and welcome back to yours, mine, and the truth. My name is Travis Walashen and this is another episode of the podcast where I am joined by friends, old and new, for a look back at the texts of my youth and a reevaluation of their merit and their worth and their fun factor and a whole bunch of other things that we like to check in on and just kind of reminisce, so to speak. And I'm really happy that you guys are joining us for today's episode because today is a special one. I'm excited to get to our guests and to the subject matter in a second. But before we do that, I want you all to make sure that you are listening to the other shows here on the Plum Podcast Network. Uh, that includes my other show here on the Plum Podcast Network, Gideon Guys. And I just finished recording another episode. Uh, we're finally getting to season four of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's what the show is all about. It's my buddy Johnny Hedgepest's favorite show, and I'm watching it for the very first time. And boy, oh boy, season four, uh, the season premiere, is a great one. Um, whether or not you've been following along, that doesn't matter. You can join us now, or you can find all of those episodes collected in a playlist on the Palm Podcast Network. You follow us, find us on iTunes or or SoundCloud or wherever you find your Spotify. We're, we're, we're on all that stuff. You can find us. Um, I want to thank the listeners, uh, all y'all out there who have uh, really pitched in uh, financially over the last little while and helped us out with uh, getting us to that that goal of 200 uh, clams. Um, thank you. We exceeded our goal online. I think we're going to keep on asking for cash. Like, why not? I, I like money. I hope you guys do too. But no, I think we're, we're thinking of, uh, starting to think of some merch. Uh, Johnny and I were just talking about on Gideon guys that think of, we could do something here for YMT as well, or, or even for my other show. Uh, but before, before I mention the other show, I should mention, yeah, if you want to uh, throw us a little bit of scratch, doesn't matter if it's much or if you have an idea for something for YMT merch, let me know. I, I, that'd be a blast. That'd be fun to put out something. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, PayPal, it's kellyn at uvic.ca. Y'all stepped up and thank you for that, but keep it up. That's awesome. I, I, like I, I do this for pure fun and you know as you'll hear you'll hear the reason why i do this in our upcoming conversation it's just such a good time but the the idea that that some of you are acknowledging it as something that worthwhile throwing a couple cents towards that's really really cool uh because you keep listening and thank you for that um but yes my other show uh it's it's not a podcast it's a uh, it's on youtube it's well it's on twitch first uh, it's live it's called mystery titans theater every other saturday you can find us there 7 p.m pacific until about usually around we finish off around 10 p.m it's usually a three uh, within two and a half to three hour show where again the aforementioned johnny hedgepath and i are joined by a guest different guest every every two weeks uh, to watch uh, some old wrestling. It's always been great. The last week was a really, really fun show where we were joined by my buddy Kelly Nelson and our other great friend Sean Whitaker to, to look at some really great footage from uh, 1960s Detroit wrestling all the way up till 1978. 69, 75, and 78. And also we got to watch one uh, last match of the late great uh, Dominic DiNucci. Um, so look for that. You can find us every other Saturday, as I said. That, so next show will be August 28th. 
followed by September 11th, September 25th, October 9th, October 23rd, and so on, 7 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.com slash Jarvis Washing Machine. That's one word, twitch.com slash Jarvis Washing Machine, every other Saturday. Um, join us for a great time. If you aren't able to join us live, um, you can follow us on Twitch there, but you can also follow us on uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash C slash Jarvis Washing Machine. I eventually put the shows up there as well. Um, boy, you've been uh, watching a lot there. That's great to see those numbers going up. Going to hit 1,000 views on a couple of those shows. That always is is cool. Uh, so thank you. So that, yeah, check out that. That's, that's what I'm up to. All right. God, it's been busy. Um, uh, cause yeah, even, uh, even though it's been busy, I've been, uh, vacationing, uh, as you're going to hear from today's episode, I went, uh, I went, uh, camping with my family and we met up with some other, uh, friends and their families there as well. It was such a great time. It was such an awesome time coming home and the feeling of, of just feeling really content and that you've done something fun and enriching, um, is the best. Uh, and so that's, and I was able to record a podcast episode as you're going to hear in the, uh, in the episode to follow here. I'm joined by my old friend, Ken Bolter and his son, Nate Bolter, as we look at a video game system, the first video game system I ever played. And that is the Intellivision, uh, boy, this is so cool. Uh, Ken knows a ton about this uh, and is uh, and had a lot to, to share with us. And it's really great. And Nate is such an awesome guest, too. He was uh, kind of like, hey, why don't you join us? And, and that was like kind of the best idea we could have done. Uh, I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. This is Ken and Nate Bolter and myself talking about the great uh, old uh, video game console in television on today's episode of Yours, Mine, and the Truth. Enjoy. everybody welcome back it's a weird sound you, you can hear the pitter patter in the background but i i appreciate you joining us again we're under different circumstances we're in a trailer out here this is yours mine and the truth uh, i am joined by two very special guests today it's the the bolter boys we got nate and ken uh here we're going to talk about uh one of our favorite video game systems uh one that i knew growing up a bit more one that that uh, Ken knew growing up a bit more. Uh, first of all, before we get to that, well, well it's in television is what we're going to talk about, but I want to, let's meet Nate first. Nate, uh, you want to say hi to everybody and tell us, uh, first I want to know, uh, when did you get into video games and what was like first game you remember playing? What are you playing now? Come a little closer to the mic, buddy. What games do you like to play these days? I heard... Okay. Uh, Halo, like Minecraft. Okay. That's so you're you've been playing more like uh, Xbox. Uh, what's the system? One S. The One S. Okay. First of all, how old are you, Nate? Ten. Ten years old. 
right, Nate's 10 years old. Uh, the other uh, gentleman we have with here, Ken. Ken, you don't have to say how old you are, but <laughs> Ken's a friend of mine. I've, I met uh, through, uh, we our, our wives went to high school together. We're both uh, teachers. Um, and uh, my wife, I should mention, my wife is here in the... Uh, in the trailer as well as we're recording this, so she's correcting. Yes, they've known each other since elementary school. <laughs> but uh, uh, Ken, so uh, yeah. Ken, what was uh, was in television the first video game system you yeah. ever played? Yeah. So to, to give context, I'm 47. Okay. And so that puts me right in the meaty part of that generation of video games. And I was trying to remember exactly the year. It was either Christmas of 81 or 82. No, 80 or 81. Sorry, I think it was 81. And so I would have been seven years old, and at that point, I don't even think I exactly knew what a video game console was. I knew what arcade games were, and I was aware some of my friends had Atari 2600s, and for whatever reason, Santa showed up with an Intellivision system, and there it was. I was like, okay, I have no idea what this even is, and yeah, that was my first real exposure to a, a home console, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a big part for the well, probably like three years there and then until the video game crash kind of sucked some of the wind out of the video game mm -hmm. console industry but yeah that was my first real exposure was the original uh good old wood panel intelligence right right yeah. and that's what I, that's what that's what my father had as well i remember it was way too expensive yeah it was about if i looked actually at the price of the day it was around 375 canadian at its release date wild which nowadays would be equivalent to around a thousand bucks hilarious it was stupidly expensive and so what possessed my dad to even buy that thing i don't know. i don't my father i think well. he saw the george flimpton commercials yeah and that was like i think that might be something we could get for christmas right Why so that not? was something so it was like the yeah. it was pre presented as like the in the uh, from what I've seen from the ads for yep. back then, it was presented as like the the alternative to yep. Atari, which was a little more like the mainstream, maybe a little more. Yeah, was it presented as more like mature, more sophisticated. Yeah, because yeah, George Plimpton definitely is this uh, author. Uh, yeah, an author, a sportscaster, um, a guy who definitely had that. Uh, what's that accent called? Presentation. Oh, the transatlantic. The transatlantic. Totally. Accent, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he presented as very intellectual. Yeah. And I think in television, with the name in television, was mm -hmm. looking for that inroad of this is it more. Is. A portmanteau, yeah, which fits in with exactly. the theme of because uh, extreme. God exactly. damn that band! They it. love <laughs> portmanteaus. Not the extreme yeah. reference already. already yep. Getting in there. <laughs> so yeah, my intent, my impression of it was Atari, and I had most of my friends had Ataris, but I had a good group of friends, like three or four of us, that had Intellivisions as well, mm -hmm. and. When I saw Atari games, it was about the arcade releases. It was always about games you played in the arcade, like Defender and Pac-Man and stuff. It had the exclusive the exclusive titles that Intellivision didn't have. Yeah. But Intellivision had the two-player games, and to me, that was a big thing. Because yeah. I was usually playing with my sisters, my nephews and nieces, things like that. Mm -hmm. And Atari had multiplayer, you know, two-player games, I guess I should say. Yeah. But Intellivision's bread and butter was like sports games. It right. It had only two-player games. Like, if you played NHL hockey, you had to have two players. Right, right, right. There was no choice in the matter and so they sold that idea really well like this is more of a family-based system i think versus right i can remember the pictures Atari. on the back of like the yeah. uh, instruction booklets of everybody all gathered yeah around, it was right? like it's a social experience yeah. they sold it that way and i think that's exactly what we're seeing now with the amico that we'll touch on later cool yeah, yeah. so for me yeah like i think my dad would have got it around 83 or 82 i know i, I had to have been five years yeah. old or so i'm about three years younger than ken yeah. um uh, and yeah, I remember it was like, yeah, my first experience with video games too. Yeah. 
Um, there were certain ones I remember standing out. Uh, it was just something my parents did. Like, uh, my parents played video games. Yeah. Like, it's weird to think about it now because my parents would have nothing to do with video games at yeah. all, yeah. right? Like, my dad would still, uh, you know, if we put Tetris in front of them, or, like, they'll play on their iPads or slot machines or whatever, yeah. but nothing it, like... Well, and think about the console bundle, too. It was Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack, right. Right. which is the only video game I ever saw my parents play. Right. And that was it. Like, probably that first week they played it a few times mm. just to, you know, satiate mm. us. But that was it. Yeah. Nothing else. But that was, again, that marketing idea of this is for adults. And even the right. games list of things that were board games, like Backgammon and things like that, was what they were selling yeah. to families, saying there's a there's an adult game in here, too, for Yeah. You. Interesting. Yeah. The, um, yeah. So that, and that was the game that came with it. So if you yeah. mentioned it, like, so it came out in 1979. Yeah. Uh, as a... Development began uh, the same year that the, of the launch of its competitor that we were talking about. Yeah. This is me just going off of Wikipedia here, friends. Um, but uh, it was deve- it was a Mattel that yeah. uh, uh, created a company began. known mainly for Barbie. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And it ran all the way up until 1990, which blows my mind. Yeah. We were talking about this before, but from 1980 to 1983, more than three million consoles were sold. Yeah. Do we know a total? Uh, amount is like it can't be much more it's than that 3.5 yeah it's only a few million it, yeah it never got anywhere close to it it's considered a, basically a system that's a success maybe not in terms of uh, uh like north american penetration but right. worldwide like if you look at other countries like in the uk it actually had a lot of success yeah in Spain, it had a lot of success. I'm seeing that here, um, yeah. Brazil, so it, it, yeah. Brazil, which is always this weird hot thing. Like the Sega Master System to this day, in Brazil, is still alive. Wow, I'm not kidding. Really? The Sega Master System became the system. In I know Brazil. it was really big in the UK too. Yeah, yeah, really strange, right? So it got traction in a lot of avenues that let it have that long lifespan, despite the fact that if you ask the average guy in the street, hey, what's intelligent? They, they have no clue. They know what mm-hmm. Atari is. That's practically secondhand for, for video games right. nowadays like Nintendo is but intelligence just doesn't have that same kind of cachet mm-hmm. yeah it's weird but it does have a following it does, I yeah, have learned uh, and I remember it could have been like maybe 15 years ago or so when I first started like looking to see like uh, somebody like still kind of emulating um, in television games I remember yeah. there was that in television lives yep. uh, yeah kind of like what was that like uh, it was kind of a a group effort or like fan yeah. led that well that was actually when intelligent was still alive as a company under i believe his name is ken robinson if i'm getting the name right. right so i, I said like after michelle it's it's, yeah. it's bought by intv corporation yeah that, that's intv and an intv was kind of this weird loosely amalgamated group of people keeping the name alive and like you said it's kind of fan run to some extent but ken robinson kind of became the spiritual leader of intelligent for years after that and so it became a very small group of people still programming for Intellivision that were bringing those games into these compilation discs that were being released for major consoles like Xbox and PlayStation. Right, I remember PlayStation had yeah. one. But and I Xbox can't... has one too. Yeah. But okay, so we should... Like that's... It's weird to imagine it being played anywhere yeah. but on Intellivision because yeah. it's such a unique design. That's what we yeah. should get to. So yeah. we talked about that wood paneling yeah, yeah. that just looks like the side of a station wagon. Yeah. Uh, and and out of the Griswold. Yeah. And, um, and like uh, uh, telephone cord yeah. attached uh, controllers yeah. with like a disc-like, yeah, yeah, with like a disc-like what would act as like joystick-ish yeah. Yeah. kind of when yeah. you need it to be a joystick. In direction joypad. Yeah, it's really joypad. the first joypad. Yeah. yeah. And then 
um, two side things like what you'd have on your iPhone now, two little side yep. buttons, and then in the middle, what would you describe this like? Like the front of like a uh, like a phone, like yeah, pad? yeah, like yeah. Where you type in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, star zero, and pound, right? Yeah. And it's super common of that second generation of new games. ColecoVision had it, right? That's if you're right. looking at a lot of the other runner-ups that never really saw right success. They all had that because it was seen as an obvious communication transfer like a person would operate a telephone oh, right this isn't intimidating you can operate this I mm-hmm. think that's part of the design language interesting yeah what sold more consoles i don't have it in front of me here ColecoVision or in television ColecoVision actually yeah because yeah, they had donkey kong right and that was right and they were kind of like nintendo adjacent yeah. before nintendo came into the yeah. right but ColecoVision the came in at the wrong time they came in at 83 right just and as literally a year later happened. they got the rug swept out front of them but they had great success in a short amount of time Chances are, if the, if the industry hadn't crashed, they would have had enough traction to maybe make Nintendo think twice about coming into North America. Interesting. Yeah. I had um, a friend they were selling who Nintendo had, games. yeah, ColecoVision. Is Smurfs just like I keep talking yeah. about my friends? Is that considered the the one really great? It's, it's often considered the first platformer. Like yeah, the first right. I remember. Mario yeah, yeah, like so, Mario. Yeah. The ColecoVision, like when you say like it sold more than a television, yeah. that also counted the Atom computer. I don't think people even care about the Atom computer, so probably yes. Really? really? <laughs> yeah, I had the Atom computer. That was my ColecoVision. Yeah? My dad, again, strange thing, just decided to buy a computer one day, and he came home with the ColecoVision Atom computer. Wow. Which was a hot piece of crap. Really? Yeah, but it played ColecoVision games. You could have cartridges, tapes. Cool. You name it. So, What's yeah. the second best ColecoVision game? Uh, well, a lot of people played Zaxxon. I loved... Yeah, I, I remember hearing yeah. that. I just like all of their their transfers look great. Yeah, they did. Like, uh, like I, So I guess like all their games, were, like you could say Donkey Kong Jr. Or something uh, I, like that. Exactly. Right. I, was gonna say, I, I love DK Jr. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing BC's Quest for Tires. I enjoyed that. So there you go. It That's was a, a sadistically hard game. Is that fun. a uniquely ColecoVision game, or is that? I think was there an Intellivision yeah, version of that? No, I think BC. I think it was uniquely ColecoVision. Oh man, it was our due for a BC revival. Yeah. No, it's on computers. I remember it was released on Commodore and stuff like that as well. But uh, no other console had it. Quickly, we'll ask yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my wife here on the side. She's a, uh, a comic strip connoisseur. Uh, Christine, BC, smash or trash? What? BC, smash or trash? Comic strip. BC comics, trash. What? She says trash. I don't have to go back and check it out. I'm curious. <laughs> but yeah, there's a game based on BC, the comic. Imagine, Solid art, but not much humor. No. Yeah. Imagine if there was a High and Lois video game. <laughs> Anyways, so yes, Hawthorne, California. What else can we say about this thing? About when it came? so yeah, it came with yeah. Uh, Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack. Yeah, initially, and then they, they changed that to Astro Smash. Eventually. Astro Smash, which After a couple of years. All right, so yeah, we might as well just get to the game. So I'll tell you the games that I remember my parents playing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned I think horse racing was the big one, wasn't it? Huge. Yeah. I remember them playing that the most, which is and it was the weirdest design oh no we so we didn't finish saying about about the controllers there guys yeah, is yeah. that every game so it came with the cartridge but it always come with overlay. a slip and an yeah. overlay yeah. that would coincide with the uh those those digits on there the the numbers yeah ColecoVisions would they have ColecoVision had those as well mm-hmm. but a very select number of games used them yeah because most designers didn't incorporate it into the gameplay right, so it's right. usually very basic things like speeds 
for the game. So mm -hmm. when you saw that first blue screen on ColecoVision, it said press number for what speed you like to play at. Right, right. Um, but yeah, there were a few games that came with overlays for ColecoVision, but it wasn't really a big mm -hmm. part of their focus. And television was like pretty much every game I think had. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Leisure Vision. Do you remember this? It was a really kind of uh, like like less selling offshoot, but I think it had a similar yeah I think uh, so. design too. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember anybody using the, those overlays as much. As... No, usually I would have them sitting beside me yeah. because they were easily destroyed. And I found if I played with them, they right. got sweaty and sticky ah, and slippery. And interesting. All kinds of I had some that were in better shape than others, yeah. that's for sure. That's yeah, so for I, sure. I just kind of locked into my brain after right. a while. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm a little younger, but... Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, interesting thing as well, because you mentioned the Intelligent Lives things is kind of your, your gateway back into it. For me, it was actually a modified Xbox mm -hmm. that I then installed emulators onto. Yeah. had an Intelligent emulator. And I was playing games using an Xbox controller for Intelligent. And for some games, that was a revelation because you can control the games a lot better. But for most games, I'm like, I can't do this because there's no keypad. Without yep. a keypad, it literally destroys about 80% of the Intelligent catalog. You can't play them. You right. need the thing. Right. And so I realized the only way I can play an Intelligent game is with an Intelligent. You, there's a few games that work okay, but most of them you're like, nope. Right. You need that controller. It is vital to the Intelligent experience. You right. can't play Intelligent And that's, that's kind of what we're, what, what we're going to get to. Like yeah. the games we remember and the games... Uh, that we loved playing, and that ones that, that you you guys still get to play because because you guys got the flashback, yeah. what you'll get to talk about, and you'll get to tell me because that because there's the thing too. That's the other cool thing that we have about be, having Nate here yeah. is is like we were kids playing this, and we didn't have the the world at our fingertips. We didn't have computers <laughs> in our pockets and all this sort of garbage. Like uh, that we had like our attention span. I could I could stare at the wall for no. For, 45 minutes every morning. That's what I do. And gosh darn it, that would be entertainment, Nate. <laughs> but 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 uh, but not, so it's interesting to hear that you you still play a little bit of Intelligent because what I can remember of uh, the games that I would go back and play, even when I would try to play it, and like I'm talking about like in '97 would have been the last time I really got to, and I play it a couple since then. But '97 would have the last time I had a. a uh, uh, controller in my hand and played uh, a game like, and I remember I was playing some of those games. And I was like, "Whoa, I can't believe I used to be able to sit through this." Um, but we'll get to that. All right. Um, so uh, we'll go through these quickly. Some uh, uh, auto racing, anything? That was one I never had. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Box. You played it on the flashback. You played it. Not that yeah. Great. yeah. Same I remember seeing boxing on the back of uh, uh, things. You guys play that at all? Uh, we tr we gave it a shot. It's yeah. a highlight own growing up, but yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. basic. So of the sports games, play. I see here. So I, yeah. there's baseball, soccer, basketball, yeah. football, and hockey. Yeah. So I played baseball for yeah. sure, and we had football for sure, and yeah. definitely played hockey. And I had hockey. Yeah, that I was a big one for me. I was looking at like an old Intellivision commercial, and it was like why Intellivision is better than Atari. Yeah. It showed like the Atari baseball, and it just looked awful. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, man, is, like, people still have more of a fondness for Atari, and the yeah. Atari 2600, yeah, which sold so well. much, and it, oh, yeah, it looks yeah. awful. Yep. Garbage you. I have yeah. no desire to pick up any of that. And, like, looking at the two, is, so it's tech, is Nintendo 8-bit? Yeah. Yeah, it's a strictly, oh, is Intelligent 8-bit or Nintendo? Yeah, Intellivision. Oh, so it's Nintendo. Um, Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah, Intellivision, I think, technically... It's an 8-bit system, but in my understanding is that's just like the path from the motherboard to the cartridge. It's like how many pins can mm. it push across. But in terms of the actual processor, that's the funny thing. If you look at the Nintendo processor, it's mm -hmm. 
vastly underpowered compared compared to a lot of other consoles. Right. But it made up for it with memory. Right. It had a poop load of memory, and that gave it an advantage because, whereas in an average Atari game, I think it would push like two sprites across the screen in one background field. Mm-hmm. The Intellivision could actually do something like eight sprites yeah. and two fields. And, and different colors, which gave right? It like much more, yeah. Yeah, and it actually had hardware rendering for mm-hmm. um, being able to move back and forth and sideways, which could, could do things like dungeon crawlers. So it actually had like advanced Dungeons and Dragons right, right. that no other console could do. Yeah. So it was kind of like one of those things where people are looking for a big number on that processor like oh that's where the, the meat of it is mm-hmm. and the intelligent went a different route design wise with the memory thing which kind of paid off in the end because their games actually had a lot more uh, depth to them as a result all right not powerful but you know just, just, yeah 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 and bigger just, worlds and uh and more vibrant um, yep. like just a vis- visibly like you yep. get it from those initial shot uh yep. shot when you first put it in you, yep. you see those like the, the green backdrop, background, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Nate, with the name, and then you yeah. see, like, the four yeah. little colors. I think it's, like, a color background. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, different colors. Like, right away, that, like, yeah. e- that looks better than anything and, on and, the target. And half the experience for Intelligent for me is the sound. Like, the sound, mm-hmm. for example, when you press the wrong key, everyone knows that, yeah. that it makes. <laughs> it just sounds like it's shaming you for being such a complete <laughs> moron yeah. for pressing the wrong button. <laughs> effective yeah, it's very effective like they had a thing for sound design as crude as it was it was very well done so yeah but anyway so hockey is the one we played the yeah. most just because it was well known for like just for your same shoot uh uh action you could just take somebody's legs out from under yeah. them the good old-fashioned slew foot yep. um dirty and, dirty hockey yeah and i and you'd have to wait forever to stand back up i remember that being yeah. hilarious yeah, when i was painful. a kid Hilarious and pain, but now you, like I remember trying that when I was ninety-seven, yeah. and it's just like good up, yeah. like it is taking so <laughs> long. Yeah. So like I wonder if I, how I would do playing that yeah. again. Yeah, it hasn't aged well. We, yeah, we played each other a bit, mm-hmm. and I think the main thing is just the actual slowness of getting your player from point A to point B. Yeah, it meanders. You're just like, oh, just go. Right, go, right, go. right. So that extra, like you're saying, the waiting for the guy just to get up off the ice. Yeah. It's like you're going through molasses in that yeah, game now. The yeah. speed of it just oh, shows. Yeah. It's, it's very it's imprecise. Slow. It's hard to play. Um, good memories. For sure. But golf. This is one. Of, okay, here's okay. one of the first games I really remember my yeah. parents playing a lot of, and okay. and I didn't play a ton of. Um, but I remember that that's yeah. perfect for yeah. your um, uh, club style, selection, yeah. right? Yeah. Like uh, you got one to nine, and your yeah. irons and your wedges yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I played that one. Yeah. No, that wasn't a big game for me either. No, and they had just, like, it was just unique uh, designs. It was all just overhead, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it seems like a pretty... You can imagine... I, I, I'm thinking outside the box now. You could probably do something with that uh, controller. The disc. Yeah, but, yeah, or something like that. But I, yeah. I don't think that was an option. Uh, skiing, I remember being hilarious yeah. and fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've played that. And you just, like, fall over and you fall. Yeah, my buddy had that game, so I played that one at his house. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't have to buy it because I played it right. at his house. But, yeah, I liked that. It looked good. Yeah, I was... it, right? In What's my that? box. Like, we have skiing. We do now. I bought it second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then, of course, so, so now we're at the one that you've mentioned, Advanced yeah. Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. My dad had it. I, I think this is often from what little research I've done here, yeah. but from what I've seen from the intelligent, like this is considered among the the best. Yeah, I won awards back in the yeah. day. Yeah, and that's not the one I'm talking about. I played Treasure of Tarman, which is the one after. That. Yeah, that's the one that very uh, different. Game. Is that the so which one am I thinking of? Where you're, you're walking of Cloudy through? Mountain, Cloudy Mountain. Yes, you're walking Cloudy Mountain, through, oh. and the world is revealing itself as you go along, and that game yeah. is legendary. Yeah. 
Except it's one that I never really got into because uh, I think I stumbled on Treasure of Tarman first. It, uh, and so I never went backwards to the first one to really get a sense of it until much later. Yeah. Oh, it's a classic. Now, when now I, was, I know, but back then I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. That, it, it put, it, when you knew you were getting close yeah, to yeah, uh, one of the snake or the, yeah. or the or a dragon or the monster, yeah. it would I make like, the... I haven't played. Really? Yeah, the neck, yeah, the hair on the back of my neck mm-hmm. would stand up. Yeah. Give, when you were a kid, it would yeah, scare the heck out of you. That was a huge part of it. Or when you'd miss with an arrow and it would come back and bounce and hit you. <laughs> like that's no fun, yeah. uh, but that made sense too about in the or and where you're aiming yeah. your arrows with yeah. the um, uh, overlay the there. Yeah, uh, frog bog. You guys played this? Uh, I think I've yep. heard On that it was like a very popular game. I loved frog bog. Don't you like jump from like? It had to be a two-person game pad? again, as you'd explained. Two-person. You're just two lily pads. You're a purple frog and a gray frog, I think. Mm-hmm. It starts in the morning, and you're just jumping from lily pad to lily pad and trying to catch different bugs flying around in your mouth. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you gotta one. like stick out your tongue. And sometimes you can jump into the water and you got to swim back to the lily pad and it goes from morning all the way to night it could not be more basic but yeah. i remember having just a ton of fun yeah with that. and it's one of the games i didn't get to play but when we played the flashback it's yeah. one of the first games we touched upon yeah, because yeah. it did have that easy to grasp mechanics for right? sure yeah, you can play it for sure anyone can pick that up and play it um then we got lock and chase i remember that, oh, yeah. uh, I played that one. so total like um pac-man clone yeah um, with a couple little twists to it. Yep, locking doors. Yeah, you're a cop. Oh no, you're the you're, you're the, the burglar. you're the burglar yeah, running yeah, away yeah. from these the gaps, the, the ghosts of the cops, basically. Um, I remember, yeah, a not as good version for the Atari. Yeah. Are there at the time was was this an arcade game? Yeah, it was an arcade game that got ported to a lot of different machines. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think the Intellivision one is the best. I, I thought I've that, never compared it. All yeah, to tell you that. There's a guy who does a lot. I can't remember. I don't want to say Parkman HQ on mm-hmm. on YouTube. He does a lot of history of arcade oh, games yeah, and okay, shows yeah, all yeah. the different ports afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, but he hasn't done a history of Lock and Chase no, yet. Doesn't quite no. have the uh, following because it, yeah. it's just another. It's it's a popular, a more popular uh, yeah. Pac-Man clone. But there's, the there's I, so many Pac-Man. It's clones. the one I remember my sisters playing all yeah. the time, and my sisters. For context, are five and nine years older than me. Mm. So my oldest sister at that point was like sixteen. That's the game I remember her playing a lot and being really good at. And me as a seven-year-old being like, "Holy crap! Like, right. You're killing it!" Right. Um, for me, it was always frustrating, and it still is after I picked it up many years later. That the controls are very imprecise. Like you just sometimes you you've mm. got it, and it'll, your guy just flies off. I can't see how. So the that little disc yeah. uh, would would be yeah uh, would click with it would it, be a, it didn't a nice yeah it didn't mix. lend itself well to it yeah. for some reason yeah um okay so then we get to Night Stalker yeah, which is classic. the Intelligent oh, yeah. Classic which is what their logo is yeah. still based on that little the running running man. the Running Man yeah. um yeah. this again talk about ambiance and atmosphere yeah. and chill and hair in the back of your neck standing up watching my dad play this <laughs> with that kind of boom bing yep. boom and there's robots that'll kill you. Yep. You gotta stay away from those robots. Yeah. But but you'll run into a couple like bats, bats yeah. and that won't kill you. But it just kind of puts you to sleep. And the animation yeah. in which he goes down just makes it like much more uh, feels tragic. Yeah. And you just get up, man. Get and up. And the worst part is you'll you'll play the heck out of that game. 
and you start learning to use your, your little fortress to defend yourself. Right. But eventually that one robot comes along can blow your fortress yeah, away. And, that, and man, you're dead. Yep. Like, that's it. You're, you know you're dead. Oh, yeah. Forward. And they get more and more intricate. Yeah. I, of the remakes, uh, uh, from what we've seen from the, the uh, what we're going to talk about for the yeah. Amico, the new one, this one looks like it, it could, be the, yep. could be the coolest. Could yeah. Be. Um, uh, yeah, I just remember my dad playing this. I, I feel I'm sure I've had nightmares based on Night yeah. Stalker. I, I distinctly remember we got it at Midnight Madness, which is like a big sale in my town on this, this one is the night greatest, in the summer. Man. I and love I it. took that you thing home and I played it mania. all night. Yeah. And like you said, it scared the pants yeah. off. Yeah. It was mainly in that sound design thing. Mm-hmm. It just really kind of kind of like it's a yeah. horror game. It oh, is. Yeah. yeah. Very uh, dark. Kind of scares me too because like yeah. The when you get hit, yeah, and the like, mechanism like, where is the gun going to reappear? Yes, and it comes in the worst possible spot. Yes. Like, oh come on, yeah. in the spider's web, and you, you can only me? move so fast yeah. in the spider web. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that happened to me. Yeah, Night Stalker. Yeah, yep. uh, again, like yeah, one of the in television classics. Yep. Was there a Night Stalker for any other console? Yep. Strictly in television. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's not a port of anything. Cool. Uh, I, I, so, so I. Well, I'm again thinking about this game, and I can't believe this is the first time we're mentioning it. Yeah. Is like that has crazy great uh, cover art on the yeah. front, yeah. and in television games have uh, amazing cover art. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that that in t- in terms of what's become niche, like just on T-shirts, somebody should be printing off some of yeah. these or something. Oh, I know. I tried to find an Astro Smash shirt. Yeah, it was legit for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, we'll talk about Astro, Astro you Smash. You make one with the uh, too, too advanced. Yeah. <laughs> too advanced for my designs. Astro Smash, yeah. yeah. Also a game I remember playing a ton of and yeah. could not be uh, more like straightforward yeah. uh, kind of uh, Space Invaders or Galaga yeah. type thing where you're on the bottom with the... And you're just taking yeah. out asteroids for the yeah. most part. Yeah. But occasionally, what do you call those things? Those like, missiles. Like the missiles. Like nuclear like bombs yeah. type yeah. things yeah. that come out like... Yeah. Rapid fire. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to like hit a button. There's more yeah. of a rhythm to it. Yeah, I like I like it better than Space Invaders. Maybe not as it's much not, as Galaga. Is that is that safe to say? Like in terms of like, but in terms of like, because I don't think you're gonna get a Galaga yeah. out of in television. I think I'll tell you what. You know what I like better than Astro Smash? I don't know if you guys have played it. Demon Attack. Yeah, that was up there too. My okay. friend had that for Atari. So that's a similar, yeah, that's a cool. similar like style game, but had yeah. more of a, like tiered. Like you're starting out in the yeah. bottom, then you go up to the next level, and then there's like the mother base was like maybe some of the best graphics the I graphics can remember amazing, yeah. uh, uh, coming out. So what's the name of that company that did Demon Attack and did like it, a, a certain group of games? I, I Magic. Yeah. Um, that did uh, uh, neuro. No, no, is it neurosurgeon? Oh, I've played that. Their game is the name wrong right now. Magic. We always had to. Cr- but their boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah, Magic. Like, I Magic or Imagic. I never know what I'm saying. It right. has like the silver boxes. Yeah, they have the silver boxes. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. and they did Atlantis. They and did, like Swords and Serpents. Yeah, Swords and Serpents. They did a bunch of them. Um, yeah, they had very distinctive box art as well. And cartridges. The cartridges look different than the standard. Yeah, so would that have been. Uh, they've been considered a third party developer? Yeah, yeah they yeah. were a third party that made con- games for all the consoles. But for some reason, their intelligent 
Virgin's Royce a notch above. Whatever that's interesting. Good, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool about yeah. like to think about. It. It's like, hey, let's stick with these guys and let's yeah. see what we can do for these guys. Yeah, because I was always amazed when I found like Demon Attack on Intelligent. What? I didn't know mm-hmm. that was an Intelligent game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an Atari game. That one felt like if Intelligent was already kind of mature and sophisticated, that felt like, ooh, a notch up. This is like uh, elite yeah. level. Yeah, right. Silver boxes. Yeah, it's pretty Criterion much. collection. Oh, yeah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I never played Sea Battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we like that one. Sea battle. Yeah, give, give me a uh, general gist. Well, basically, you're given on the overlay different ships to pick from. You got your battleship, your PT boat, all that kind of stuff, a destroyer, and you basically pick a fleet of ships. You're limited in the number of ships you can have in your fleet, and you start off. It's really simple. It's two ends of the screen, a map that's just a, a fake map of something that kind of looks weirdly European, and then your job is to move your fleet somewhere. Eventually, you just station them. And then the other guy's job is to try to get his fleet somewhere else as well. But you're basically trying to get to each other's base. Like, you're just trying to get across the screen. At some point, you're going to run out of real estate to put your fleet. So you're going to have to engage each other in a battle to get across that point. Mm-hmm. And the battles are really where it gets fun. Because that's at the point where you're, you get a close-up. And you've got a crosshairs. You move around the screen. Oh, yeah, I have seen footage of this. you bomb layers. Yes. You lay bombs. The guy can drive right over your bomb cool. with no mistake and blow himself away. It, seems like, it sounds like it's really kind of pushing the yeah. television to its limits. It, it, yeah, well, it does some interesting things, things strategically. Like, you have yeah. to actually really think about where am I going to place ships? What ships am I going to choose? Because you're choosing speed over power and durability. And so if you go, oh, I'm just going to use PT boats, you're a fool. Because, yes, they're fast. Fast. you can sink them in one shot. If you choose a bunch of battleships... You can withstand four shots, but you're slow and lumbering. The guy's just going to go right around you. So hmm. it's like you really got to actually think about the things you're doing in that game, and it gives it a lot of life. It just it keeps it going for so a like long time. you should pick in the middle, basically. Yeah, you want to have a good rounded yep. fleet yep. you choose. You it's like filling out your, your team in ice hockey and yep. NES, right? Yeah. You don't want to have all fat guys. You're going to yeah. be too slow. Yeah, there's got a lot of good strategy in that game. It wasn't just another kind of random Twitch game where you That's cool. move a guy around the screen. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, another game I have never played, but I know you guys love Shark Shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon like me, it. Shark Shark, because there's two exclamation points. I'm pretty sure they're making one for the Am- yeah. for the Amico. Yeah, so the what's types. the premise of this one? So you is it like Jaws? Is this is like yeah. are they going off the it's, Jaws so buzz? It, it, it uses a, a thematic music that sounds like Jaws. Yeah. Sorry. So you are these fish. Yes. And you just eat like other fi- yeah. like fish. They have to be smaller bigger. than you. Right. Yeah. And then you can just eat bigger. It's a life and, lesson. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a shark that comes and you, and yeah. you have to avoid the shark. And you can bump his nose and kind of knock him yeah. out for a second. And but in like two but player. If he gets in, you're going down. Um, like you have amount of lives. So, like, if he lost all his lives, I would win. Hmm. And, like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds like fun. So that's aged well as well, you guys yeah, would say? Yeah, it seems to stand the, the test of time pretty good. And it's not one I had as a kid, but I like it now. Me neither. Uh, I also know Snafu was a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Snafu I had. Yeah. Revoltingly hard. Definitely takes the uh, Tron light cycle premise, because that's kind of what you're doing, is controlling a guy that goes around the screen, and then... Other people smash into your trail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also tail biting. Like you try to get around behind your opponent and bite them until their body is gone. Mm-hmm. But uh, very much a reaction game because if you don't time things perfectly, and the disc, again, not great for that game. Right. It just wasn't precise enough that you would think, okay, I'm going to go down, and you, you didn't press down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's frustrating, but it's fun. Okay. 
Um, and great sound. Great I never music. played Sub Hunt. No, that's not what I played. Uh, but I okay. Here's what. So I know that you had told me about this game. I'd never played it before, but I yeah. know that this is an Intellivision. You said is considered one of the best. I think Sea Battle. That might be the one I'm talking. Yeah, about. I think yeah. that might be. But uh, yeah. but I'm talking about this new one uh, now. Here is Tron Deadly Death. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's his favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's the game. Okay, so explain to me why. Because yeah. this is a game that existed. Is this this isn't an Intellivision only? It well, it technically is, and then there's a company that was a subsidiary of, don't ask me, it was Mattel or INTV who actually had control of that company, but they're called the M Network, mm-hmm. kind of based on the idea of Mattel, the Mattel Network, and they would port Intellivision games over to Atari. So there is a Tron Deadly Disc on Atari 2600. It's a vastly inferior game, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they made anything for other consoles. I think that mm-hmm. was it, and maybe on some PCs mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, so it's Mattel games to, so to Atari. So a big thing yeah. as to, I, I assume, as yeah. to why this is so yeah. beloved yeah. is because it's uh, in television, just only in television, could only work on the Intellivision. It only works there, I think. And, and that's, again, part of it is Tron. I mean, Tron, yeah, yeah, yeah. for anyone that is listening to this, doesn't know, Tron in 1982 had a lot of hype behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhat delivered, but I think a lot of people thought it was kind of laughable. I think the, the, I, I think the video games yeah. themselves delivered more the video than, games the, did better than, than the movies. Than yeah, the movie. In yeah. terms of how it, it delivered that world. Right. But, yeah, and, and so for Tron to be turned into a video game, for me, it was like my sister bought it for me for my birthday, uh, I think in 1983, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, ooh, a Tron game. I like Tron. This will be great. And I had no idea what I was actually going to be playing here. Um, I got Maze of Tron. That's another Tron game later, which was not so great. Oh, yeah. But, I see it here. Yeah. But Deadly Dis is, and the reason I think it's such a great game is you'll never play the same game twice. Hmm. Because the way the game works, it's a single field game, one screen, but the variety of things that can happen in terms of it uses a door system, so you, you're opening and closing doors for your opponents to not be able to get through or you to be able to get through. And you have to be careful not to open too many and then kill all your opponents. Otherwise, the recognizer comes out, closes all your doors. If you're at a high level, you have no escape routes. So you're probably going to get killed really fast. So it uses a lot of different gameplay dimensions for you to think about the physical space you're using on the screen how to use it smart how to be fast how to run and gun and if you get greedy and you start thinking oh i'm just going to go out there and go crazy you're dead but if you actually think about a strategy mm-hmm. and where you're going to place yourself and not to get gun crazy and kill all your opponents kind of hang back a bit so it's a game that just goes and goes it never ends there's yeah. no ending to the game and when you get to a million points um, the opponents that come out are no longer disc opponents. They're the orange guards with a lance that they electroshock you once in your debt. Wild. And so if you're an idiot you and don't want to keep playing the game, you will kill everyone and one of those guys comes out and you're going to die. Whereas if you always leave at least one disc guy alive, you're probably going to be okay, cause, or at least three of them, I should say, because then you'll never get the lance guys come out and kill you. So you can play to infinity. And there's different strategies to do hmm. that too. But it really is a game to me that it's like it's every direction. So the way the controller works using that phone pad is how you move the disc around the screen. And, yeah, and you can never do that with any other controller except a double analog stick. It's right. the only other controller that would work. So on an Xbox, on an emulator, it worked great. In fact, it worked better because 
some people used to play with two intelligent controls at the same time. <laughs> they would use one to run and one for the disc. And Wild. Yeah, so it was one of the few Was games. the game designed that way? It wasn't, but it was a hack you could do. And it mm. sounds like people say, oh, I can do it this way and play better instead of holding it like this. A little bit more awkward. So it's this game that, again, had, had that ability to be played in different ways. And I think what really stands out to me is just that... It was not a game where it was a linear left to right model or an up and down model. It made complete use of that 2D landscape on your screen and even kind of went through it because with the doors, you were passing from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen or top to bottom. Hmm. So you really had to think about physical space beyond a 2D plane to play the game. It was, it was fascinating to me to play it. So I never got tired of it. Um, and, and it was just simple. Like there was no music. Not mm-hmm. a single note of music. Wow. Yeah, and, and yet, how would that ever work nowadays? Like, how would you play a game with no music? But to me, it was just the sounds of the disc, the crushing sound when you broke a disc. Mm-hmm. Everything about that sound design kept it going for me. Awesome. So it worked on all levels. And so has this, I know that there have been a lot of games that have been yeah. given the go-ahead to be remade. Yeah, and the Tron ones are not in that list right now. I didn't think to. so. Because it's still yeah. Disney. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying all the right things. Like, oh, we're working on something here. Right. I've heard that but, that's like, this is a, a priority. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, it is not yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, so we'll go through some of like those board games you were talking about. I yeah. remember my parents had backgammon. Didn't, I didn't play any of these. Checkers or Reverse Eye. Any of these, you guys? No. no. Not really. No, I remember, I think I tried out uh, Reverse Eye. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get it. I yeah. was too young for that. Okay, here's one I know is uh, made by Mattel for Intelligent yeah. Utopia. What can you guys tell me about yeah, this game? Yeah, that's a game I never played. And yeah. I, it's one of those games like, I should be playing that game because yeah. it's considered in many ways the first world-building game. Yeah. Kind of uh, like a precursor sense. to civilization. Yeah, and or, like that, yeah. Right? interesting. I've heard of it. Like, yeah. I remember like, it looked visually really, really good. I remember good. Yeah. when my dad bought the flashback, like first thing I saw in the box was the Utopia overlay that yeah. comes with it. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. cool. The first thing you see. Yeah, one of those overlays would look good on a t-shirt too. It's <laughs> orange. How are you going to start marketing this? Oh, I've seen there are some Intellivision t-shirts, but I haven't seen one that I'd buy yet, guys. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah. He has like a running man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that pretty I was standard. Wear I've seen it today. On like the on like a hat would look. Uh, I've seen that too. Yeah. That looks okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd have to be a dad hat though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, I said uh, my parents played horse racing, and it's just basically a gambling game. So it's uh, in the same vein as that Las Vegas poker and blackjack, and there was a roulette and a. Yeah. Uh, but horse racing, you would just pick a horse. From the beginning, with yeah. different odds. So, have you guys played this at uh, all? I think I played on flashback briefly. Yeah, but I, and I, I, I remember they would spend like, so much time. They yeah. would be like cheering it on. Like I don't know if they were legit betting or what the <laughs> hell was going on with my, with my parents and their and their friends. But um, yeah, you just watch these sprites, <laughs> and I guess you could whip yeah. uh, the side. But I don't know who whose horse is getting whipped or like how you would choose it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'd be like, mm-hmm. it would be up to you could play up to like eight players i think like more than like everybody okay now what are you picking who right. are you betting on yeah everyone kind of just thing. inputs their, their yeah like numbers and off they go yeah, yeah. it was i i that fascinated me yeah. to think oh, that that was i thought pop- it was like a game that you actually like no no no, no riding no. you just watch yeah and i remember that was one of the rare uh opening screens where you'd get you'd hear the uh, you'd actually have music over top of that that green uh intro but yeah oh which what? Mm. One of them was pink? No, I think they come in a few different colors. Yeah, yeah. green. Pink, green. 
Yeah. There's a few variations on it. But alright, so Las Vegas Poker and Bat Blackjack. Yeah. If if the running man guy was the is the Intellivision mascot, this guy's kinda like second tier. Yeah, like that he's, guy. There's a t shirt, so he must be up there. He's yeah. kinda well yeah. known. He had a yeah. great look to him, that yeah. that dealer. Yeah. Played a lot of that. I love speaking of great sound design, yeah. this uh felt great and I remember this sounding like cards yeah, and like the card. Yeah. 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 And so you could play uh blackjack. Uh, five card draw yeah. and then seven card draw and seven card stud or maybe five card yeah. stud and something like this. Yeah, there's a few. I think I only really played blackjack. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well. Me yeah. too. Um, uh, the other ones, Las Vegas Roulette or Royal Dealer. Did you play any of these? No, none of those. None no. of those. Okay, well, here we go. The two educational games that I'm sure yeah. Nate loves educational <laughs> video games. Math. <laughs> Education, yeah. uh, Electric Company, and their Electric yeah. Company brand, yeah. which is yeah. awesome. The Electric Company was a great show. Like math fun. I had Word Fun, where it was actually like you had to like, uh, there was a real kind of skill to it, where you had yeah. to like, it would be an F and an N, and you had to shoot the U in between there. And then an F and a CK, and you had to get the, I can't remember what, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, <laughs> moving on. I remember it was a good time. There's lots of monkeys and stuff. <laughs> uh, but, but then I saw... Um, there's also another Tron Solar Sailor. Oh, for the uh, Intellivoice module. So this yeah, is Intellivoice. Which I never had, and that's okay. Yeah, so there's B17 Bomber, Tron Solar Sailor, Space Spartans, uh, and Bomb Squad. Bomb I'm guessing. Bomb Squad. Yes, those are all the games right there. Which so again, I never played. Intellivoice. Oh, um, was that like how much did the Intellivoice sell? I had this here in my notes, but I didn't. Well, I think as an add-on back then, it was probably around like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah, but like um, how many people bought? But no one did. did you again, have anybody? No, because again, it came in at the worst time. It came in at the demise of the yeah. video game industry. Yeah. I remember at my local uh, northern drugstore in Smithers that mm -hmm. sold video games, they had it. And I was like, what's this? But by then, I, I was already kind of moving beyond that video game mm -hmm. right, thinking, kind of waiting for something like else. Nintendo, like, a year after that, right? It, yeah, it was like, at that point, everyone kind of knew, like, okay, video games aren't cool anymore. Like, no one's buying video games. And they were in discount bins, right? And that's and so funny. so see that thing, oh, when you got to pay 50 people talk bucks, about like, yeah. that, like that's that crash yeah. and that low. Yeah. How long was that actually? Because it wasn't long before Nintendo was eighty five. Eighty five came it, into the North American market. Eighty six is when I got traction. Yeah. I got mine in late eighty six. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, really, it was only two to three years. Yeah. Right. People make it seem like it's this like, uh, or at least that's the other the general yeah. idea. Yeah. It wasn't that long. It was just more a matter of. It was such a, a downfall of the industry, the major players got shaken up. Yeah. And so no one else was willing to touch it because it was such a loss of, for these massive yeah. companies. All right? because of E.T., yeah, right? Right? Much. You know that story? Yeah. Yeah. Because they gave the guy, like, oh, man. two weeks. Yeah, yeah, two weeks to do it. There's a really good, uh, as to, uh, Ken and I are teachers, there's a really good um, just basic reading comprehension story <laughs> just about that that I love to give to, yeah. uh, to new students to see... Uh, uh, test where they are. All right. Um, so yeah, Intel. What Intel Voice it was yeah, called. Intellivoice. And I remember there was a keyboard as well. That you, yeah. What was that? That was a weird thing. So for the original Intellivision, they promised a thing called the Electronic Computer System, I think, the ECS, which is going to be this giant keyboard that you plunk the entire unit into. And this was kind of a, a fashionable thing back then. Like a lot of the companies that were making consoles were promising expanded functionality for the family. You can you know, you balance your checkbook. You can put up recipe cards and stuff like that. Do your typing into it. And so that was a very common thing back then. Yeah. And so the Atom was an example. ColecoVision stabbed at that. Um, but then what happened is apparently in the year or so of developing that computer module, it just wasn't working the way it was supposed to work. 
And so Intellivision basically had to, it turned into a class action lawsuit because they promised this thing, people prepaid it, and they kind of had to say, okay, we can't actually make this thing work. They only produced a few thousand of them that reached the market, destroyed the rest, and so it is now the most collectible thing in Intellivision. And actually, there's a guy on one of the forums I'm on on Facebook that bought one the other day, this uh, Italian collector. Uh-huh. And he won't say how much he paid for the damn thing. Like, he paid probably, people are guessing, like it... probably five numbers in there, probably wow. 10 grand, because they were going wow. like six, seven grand for a nice one. His is Get pristine. it out of the box. I'd like to see that like uh, yeah. unboxing of an Intellivision. Yeah, it's insane. He actually also has the uh, the modem, the Intelligent modem. That's it's wild. a non-functioning piece of plastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Um, what, I forget. We were at this video game store, and they had yeah. the Intellivoice. They had the Intellivoice, yeah, yeah, and you wanted 50 bucks for it. Hmm. Like, eh. Do you think it would work? Probably. I mean, it's solid-state technology, yeah. so those things are really just a cartridge adapter more than anything. There's a very limited number mm-hmm. of chips in it to corrode and pull apart. It really just puts a voice synthesizer module into oh. the Intellivision. So I'm going through like the, these list of games here, and I, yeah. I assume you guys can assume, or can you you can probably figure out as to what the orders because those last four were all yeah. Intellivoice yeah. related, and then we've got this Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Treasure of Tarman Treasure that you yeah, mentioned that I never played. But then, then I can tell it's starting to get into uh, existing IPs and things yeah. like that, or other. Uh, just uh, adaptations in their versions. Yeah. Um, Treasure of Tarman, you want to talk about that really quickly? What was... Yeah, so Tarman was a weird game because people were expecting Cloudy Mountain Part 2, mm-hmm. and instead they radically went in a different direction, which was a dungeon crawler, so a first-person um, pers- game where you're not seeing your own self, you don't see yourself at all, but you do see your weapons fly in from the corners of the screen at your opponent. Wild. But it's a, a legit dungeon crawler. You were moving through a three-dimensional plane, um, crawling up ladders and stuff like that. Yeah, there's no animations right. that make it look that way, but it's very slick. Hmm. And a game that, again, you needed that keypad. Like, without the keypad, you can't have that game mm-hmm. because every button does a different thing in terms of changing the gear you're holding in your left and your right arm, in terms right. of changing your attack methods. So, uh, to me, a great game because I, I, again, could play it for hours and hours and hours just crawling through dungeons looking for stuff. And lots of fun little twists and turns that would mm-hmm. come up where you felt like you discovered something that you weren't supposed to find. Like, the, I remember the big thing was like when you find the the magic that gives you the ability to see through walls, and you're like you're huh. pooping your pants the first time you see, you can see the Minotaur. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Like this? No, like this can't be working. But it's meant to work that way. But in your mind, like they couldn't have meant for that to happen. Uh, 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 awesome. And the big thing is, of course, the whole job is to kill the Minotaur and you yes. win the game. Yes. But then, once you start being able to see through walls, you realize there's Minotaurs all over the place. There's not a final boss at all. It's a game that goes on forever and ever. Once you decide to kill the Minotaur and grab the treasure, it's over. Hmm. So you can play that game all the way to the point where it crashes because it gets to a final dungeon where you can't go on anymore. It Interesting. The system. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so we'll start going through some names here. Uh, uh, bump and Jump. Uh, like I know there was like a, probably a better version I for really the NES. I really played that more on my friend's yeah. Commodore 64. Yeah. Yeah, intelligent was um, good as well. How's yeah. the Burger Time? Uh, Burger Time is oh, yeah. good, yeah. right? Yeah. That's considered the best yeah. port of that game. Yeah. And he likes it. Everyone I know who wants to play Intelligent, yeah. that's actually the game they remember. Huh. Is Burger Time. Interesting. Which it's a big game for them. It's probably top five to ten. Hmm. But it's such a, it's on every platform. Like it's not exclusive yeah, yeah. to Intelligent. Yeah. For some reason, it's the game that people know. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, there was a Kool Aid Band game. Yeah, I, I never played that, but I remember Me the ads. Neither. 
in the back Masters of, the of the Universe, the power of He-Man. Yeah, my buddy had that on his Intelligent 2. Yeah. Oh, there's a Masters oh. of the yep. Universe? Yeah, mm. I remember being extremely impressed by the graphics. At least, like, for the scenes of them, like, running into Castle Grayskull. Yeah. The actual game, I was like... Eh, yeah, I don't think there was much to it. Not much to it. I think it. you're yeah. just kind of flying around on one of the ships. It's kind of a Defender style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how was their uh, Pitfall? Oh, Pitfall's yeah. fun, yeah. It's good. okay. Yeah. yeah. Solid. I, I, that's something I remember. Atari 2600 is pretty good. Their, yeah. Their Pitfall is good. And I think the disc, again, has troubles with that game. Sometimes right. Like that makes sense. Yeah. Accuracy. Like, issue. when I'm on the, like, when the pit got swung on, like, yeah. ropes, like... You'll accidentally, like, you'll be running forward. Yeah. Stop hitting, but you'll keep yeah, running. Yeah, it feels like there's a bit of a delay when you're pressing mm. buttons in that game. It's so fun. So we mentioned Donkey Kong Jr. I thought that that port was really good for Intellivision. Never played for Intellivision. Really? We played on Coleco and loved it, but never on yeah, Intellivision. Yeah, we had it. And we also had Donkey, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was a travesty. Yeah, because they, yeah. they got rid of, uh, yeah. uh, like, some key, uh, or a key level, right? Yeah. Um, they couldn't figure out the graphics. Because yeah. the, actual, the actual ability of the Intellivision to produce those slanted girders right it almost can't do it huh. and so they had to find a hack to make that work and it caused all kinds of issues in terms of how many levels they could fit into the, in the cartridge so yeah that was a design issue for that console in the first place i can't even imagine playing pac-man on Intellivision. i never did yeah no n never did either um it was terrible on the atari yeah oh the worst remember just everyone just being shocked yeah. i just love hearing that sir but it was still like sold yeah. like the best selling massive yeah crazy uh, Defender. Yeah, I never played that one. Me neither. Yeah. Um, I guess there's Lady. But what about uh, Zaxxon? You mentioned Zaxxon was good. Terrible. For, I never played it until I got my flashback. Was good for ColecoVision, but not good. Terrible for, intelligence. Yeah, I can't imagine. Same thing because it can't quite handle those uh, perspective style that games. That angle, for some yeah. Yeah. So yeah, here's all the iMagic ones here. Uh, as I said, I love Demon Attack. Yeah. Uh, what are some other standouts? Atlantis, Beauty and the Beast. Which ones are these, Nate? You see those mm -hmm. iMagic? Maybe, you like, uh, uh, what's it called? Again? My sister likes the Dracula for some reason. Mm. What's yeah, that all about? Dracula. It's like, you're this, I don't I don't know how to explain you're it. You're Dracula, you can turn into a bat and attack people. That's not Stop <laughs> their blood. That's Count what you do. me in. But, but the street looks like Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah. It looks like he's just like killing muffins. No, Hilarious. it's the Dracula from Sesame Street just walking around. Yeah, it's just right. so cartoony. Uh, so there was a Frogger. You guys played Frogger? Oh, yeah. I played Frogger. Yeah, I mean, they played that on other consoles. I, 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 I thought the Popeye I thought the Popeye uh, port was good for Intellivision. It was yeah. definitely better than the... the I played on ColecoVision. Yeah. I never played Qbert, but I love Qbert. I yeah. love Qbert. Qbert's one of my favorite yeah. uh, I had a Qbert school mini arcade, arcade uh, machine uh, back in the day. Like yeah. My sister's oh. friend brought it over. Yeah. So just one of those little tiny guys, right? Yeah. And I played that thing forever. Man. I loved it. I am, if I had a bigger place and stand -up console lots of funny, right I'd, I'd want I want a stand-up console so bad. Yeah, I can. Like yeah. all those little arcade one-ups, yeah. like, and even those little mini ones, I'm kind of like yeah. getting my eye on. Um, so there's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's an awful God, game, awful. apparently. Not good, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. From what I've seen, yeah. it's just like, what is he doing? It's just like yeah. a lightsaber fight. It's about a, a very precise shoot the at at in a certain section. I remember that section, and yeah. It just doesn't translate yeah. at all. Uh, Common. Never that one. I haven't even heard about that. There was one bot. was one wrestling game. Ken and I are wrestling yeah, fans. Never played that till flashback. It's actually not that bad. Not bad. It's, it's not terrible. How was their dig dug? Dig dug. Uh, I played it. Never intelligent. Me neither. Yeah. Um. There's another learning fun. How about pole position. Not that one. Nope. Mm -hmm. I remember playing pole position on the Atari a lot. I wonder how that's aged. 
Um, anything else I'm missing, guys, that, that you think well, I should talk well, about? Well, I know there's a couple of games for sure I'd want to mention. Yeah, go ahead. Um, one of them is Space Hawk. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, space Hawk is a weird game. You're basically like drifting in space, like a, a little astronaut guy who can shoot almost like bubbles in a sense. Mm-hmm. But it's an endless universe. Like you're just flying around in space and you're fighting these hawks, these little mechanical hawks flying through space, mm. as well as other strange objects. What would you compare it to? Are you I, that's the thing. I don't know what to compare yeah. it to. Balloon flight? Almost. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just such a strange game because they made two ways of playing the game. For the physics, you can either have it. So you press the thrust button and your guy will thrust. And when you stop pressing the thrust button, he stops moving. So it's like boop, 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 boop. But if you really hmm. want to get crazy... Sounds a it, little like Asteroids Yeah, it, it, it takes a bit of that. And yeah. the other one is more like Asteroids, where you can have them be free-floating. Mm-hmm. And the thrust gives you this English to pull these curves and drifts. And it makes the game so much more interesting to play, because you just can go crazy. So way, way cooler. Um, Star Strike, because it was basically the Star Wars tunnel rip-off game. So they basically took the trench in Star Wars, the Death Star Trench Battle turn that into a video game hmm. and it really doesn't have a lot to it like it's not a game with a lot of depth but visually and it's one of the ones they advertise like crazy right Atari, it's just it's amazing like the 3d visuals are actually really good for its time period and when the the planet blows up when you screw up you see the earth blow up mm-hmm. it's amazing it's a great visual i think sea hunt had a lot of like kind of had that idea of, yeah uh oh, yeah. more kind of 3d looking yeah that you it, wouldn't see it was really good and then the, the other big one is uh triple action and oh, right, yeah. I skipped I past that. that. Sorry. That's yeah, one of the okay. ones we got yeah. with the console for Christmas. And I remember that we came back to it again and again. Because it has a car racing game, it has a tank game, and it has a biplanes game. The tank game is like almost any other tank game. Atari has one just like it. Yeah. The car racing game, Atari has one just like it. But done better. And there's little, again, idiosyncrasies in those games you could exploit and have lots of fun with them. But biplanes is the big one, and I loved it. It was really hard. As a kid, when you play biplanes, it is hard because it has all these different physics models, how far you can shoot, all these different things that give it a lot of life. You can do loop-to-loops. You can fly up to the top, stall, come back down, catch your engine again and get going. So, again, a lot of physics to it, and I wasn't surprised. I didn't know this until just a few years ago, but the actual group of intelligent programmers had a monthly battle. They would have a series of battles playing that game. That was their game of choice. The programmers loved that game. That's awesome. And would actually have tournaments in it that Ken Robinson apparently would almost mm-hmm. win, but then this other guy would always kick his ass at the end. I can't remember the guy's name, but mm-hmm. one of their top programmers. So that's a game that actually, it's simple on the surface, mm-hmm. but again, from a game design standpoint, is amazingly well done, and cool. I don't think any other console could have made a game like cool. Biplanes. And so that's that's one of the release games for the Amico. So that's, what I, that's just yeah. what I was about to get oh, into, guys. One, is, wait, is or, or wait, you got one more there, Nate? Yeah, um, Moon Battle. Okay. Moon no, Battle. not Moon Battle. Oh. Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol, yeah, which actually is weirdly more of an Atari game, but there's a yeah. port of it for Intelligent. Mm-hmm. But it's a fan-made port that doesn't actually exist. On right, the right. I saw there's a couple. It just became very popular, so they picked up on it for the Amiga. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So what's the single? Oh, Mission X. Before I move on oh, to yeah. Mission X, what's that yeah. all about? Uh, kind of a a 1943 style top-down shooter Love with it. a plane. Yeah. Uh, and you have machine guns and you have bombs, and but it played with perspective again. You could either bring your plane up 
closer to you on the screen, which made it high up. The perspective was high. Mm-hmm. So your bombs took longer to fall, but it was slower, so it moved the game at a slower rate. Or you could push your plane down to the ground, so your plane looked much smaller as a, as a sprite on the screen. Went really fast, but then you had to drop your bombs really fast, and it had a lot of accuracy. So it had to get a nice kind of dimension to it, where you could play it different styles. All right. Yeah. So unless you can think of anything else here, Nate, I, think that's I don't it. think so. I want to ask about. So that's what we about start talking about. This new yeah. the the revival, the Amico, which could be the new Intellivision. <laughs> Um, first, before we talk about the Amico, we got to talk about this Tommy guy. What's his last name? Tommy. Tommy Tallarico. Tell me about Tommy Tallarico. <laughs> He's I, like I remember seeing him well, on on I, like like uh, video he, game TV shows. He like he does not. I don't know like. I think he did some stuff for Earthworm Jim. Yeah, I know he's like involved in video games and has yeah. been for yeah. a while. He's a sound designer. Music yeah, sound yeah. designer. Um, he's a polarizing figure. Is that safe to say, Ken? It seems like he's got a certain hucksterism to him that right. some people appreciate and some people don't. He's right. very good at self-promotion. Right. Um, again, not a person I knew from anything more than Earthworm Jim and the fact that he actually played his music live and did a tour. Um, yeah, so he actually released CDs of his music, he toured with his music, and he kind of legitimized video game music as real music. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just got, you know, a certain sheen to him. He's, he drives a red Ferrari, uh, he's got a loud, boisterous personality, he's a real nice guy from what everyone can gather, like he doesn't come across Mm -hmm. as egotistical, but he doesn't shy away from wanting to get the spotlight. Trying to think uh, like a more mainstream uh, uh, comparison would be, I don't know, maybe it'll come to me. Yeah. So. He's worked on over 300 video game titles since the 1990s. Wow. See, I remember seeing it was like on a G4 TV type show or something. Yeah, that's it. He did a TV show as well. Yeah, G4. Yeah, yeah, where they would just review games and stuff. I think it was called Electric Playground or something. Sounds about right. Yeah. I think his partner lives in my neighborhood still. Oh, (laughs) His former partner from that show. Can you remember what his name was? No, and I, I've been killing myself for the last couple of years because there's a show I used to watch, a Canadian video game show, that I cannot find a trace of anywhere on the World Wide Web. What is like, that? I don't remember Video and Arcade Top 10? Maybe. I don't yeah. think it was. I think it was no? something else that was okay. on CTV, I think. All right. On, like, Sunday afternoon. All right. And it was around, like, the the PlayStation Saturn era. Hmm. But oh. I can't find a lick of this thing. Hmm. Like, what was that Maybe show called? Maybe it's called, like, Reviews on the Run or, like... No, no, it's a very uniquely Canadian yeah. video game show. I remember All right, yeah. so let's talk about... So yeah. this, this guy, this Tommy cat, yeah, yeah. he's got some cash. Yeah. He's investing yeah. in creating, bringing back the Intellivision. It's Amico style. It's called the Amico. Yeah. Um, it's still... They're still kind of devoted to that design of the... Yeah. Of the disc on the bottom yeah. with the two things on, because now it looks—it's yeah. a lot like a, an iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. But just with a disc on the bottom. Yeah. And that is—is it, is it true that it will come with two controllers? Yeah. But people yeah. will be able to play along on the their iPhone. iPhones. Yeah. That I makes guess, that makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. Um, and apparently, you can like bring like your controller to somebody else's and be Of course. Yeah, of course. Controller is actually. That's. The real functional part. That's of it, not the thing the, that's yeah. standing out to me. And aside from the nostalgia thing that me and your dad and a couple other old dorks like us might be into, is that it? That level of accessibility is pretty smart. Yeah. All right. So, however, what what was 
what was the first planned date for this thing to come out? Uh, I think it was uh, like... October 10th, 2020. All right. Because that apparently his sister passed away on that date years before, Man. the exact day. So he invested himself in that date because he said it was going to push him Boy. to honor his sister's memory. Oh my gosh. And then it didn't happen. It crushed him. Like there's actually a I can imagine. Yeah, I he can only out. imagine. Yeah, because he wasn't able to meet that. It wasn't his fault. It just it happened, right? So I think they were on track for it. But anyway, fell apart. Uh, but so how many times <laughs> since then has it, have there been, have they given other dates of yeah. release well they moved from october to april 2021 mm-hmm. uh then that fell apart again due to covid and then i think they moved it just to october 2021 and then that now has fallen apart as well so yeah. now they're saying in the new year so mm-hmm. january 2022 mm-hmm. is the the hopeful release date of it how many and he's got an they've got enough people who have signed on and pre-ordered already. Yes, yeah. they did a pre-order. They they cheekily it was the did wood grain. Yeah, they did twenty yeah. six hundred founders unit, a dig at Atari, a yeah. Yaha, um, which is the wood grain unit to kind of emulate the style of the first right. television. Looks gorgeous. The design is yeah. gorgeous. And it's signed and everything like that. Yeah. So it's got the cachet piece of being a collector piece, or hey, look at me, I'm first in on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be again because it's kid friendly, family friendly, it comes in multiple colors. So there's white, black, red, purples, like the GameStop exclusive in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a uh there's another color I might be forgetting as well. Maybe that's it. I think there was it the cool no, they have like a purple one. Oh no, the purple one's the GameStop. Oh. I think I think I'm thinking the red ones like it's red because it's the same color as this Ferrari mm-hmm. is why you wanted it red. Yeah. So that do they have yeah. a number of games announced already? Yeah, no, they've said here's a list of games. They're um, making Astro Smash, yeah. mm-hmm. Shark Shark. Yeah, so that's the thing. Nintendo. Like I've seen from the clips, yep. they are like these just updated versions yep. of your old faves, <laughs> yeah. man. Um if Intellivision fans were a niche of a niche. Yeah. And retro gamers now are a niche, but now there's there's this niche of a niche. <sighs> Honestly, yeah. How much of a success rate? Yeah. Wh- how? What do you think? What do you think? I, what I, is success for this? I stumbled across it, like completely oh. stumbled across it, looking up original intelligence yeah, yeah. in my search methodology here. Me too. And I was like, what the heck is this all? Mm-hmm. How did I miss yeah. the boat on the Amico? Mm-hmm. And got pretty excited about what I was seeing initially because it was pretty clear in the early goings they were going after that niche. They were like, if you remember Intellivision now and you're in your forties, this is something you'll be excited about. But they wanted to really push this idea of it's couch cooperative play. We want families to get gather around, right. be able to play this game, and moms and dads to share with their kids the passion they had for Intellivision. But the problem I think they have here is it's like a tool designed to both instill nostalgia in an older crowd and appeal to exactly what Nintendo succeeded at with the Wii. And the Wii was something that was very accessible because it wasn't a traditional game controller. It used motion. It used something that was a bit more um, kinesthetic versus just sitting on your ass and playing a game. Basically, all of these games are going to be motion control. Oh, yeah, cool. a lot of them use motion control. And so everything about that idea on paper sounds great. Like, how would you not want to be like the Wii? How would you not want mm-hmm. to factor in that older gamers want more simple games? They don't want to play complicated Call sure. of Duty games with yep. too many things to understand. And, and so it's to me, it was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. But then the hardcore gamer crowd is going after this thing like crazy. And yeah, I think the problem is like, who is it really for, right? It's, it's not really for... 
a specific targeted audience of people that are passionate about this console. It's really for people who want to do many different things. And it's not going to be able to do it. I, I, that's my concern with it right now. Like, it's, it's not going to appeal to families who are like, I'd rather just buy a Switch for really the same money. So from what they've said, it's going to cost roughly in that same market. It's not going to appeal to hardcore gamers because it's going to be something that is really not designed for that style of game. And so then you kind of wonder, well, who is it going to appeal to? And Tommy Tallarico said again and again, his target market is when mom's walking through Walmart and her son or daughter wants to buy a new video game console, they'll see this thing with its simplistic design, with a name that might conjure a memory from the 1980s. Might. It's a that big might. might. A big might, exactly. <laughs> oh. And um. that is hopefully, I, I guess, like selling to the family, right? That's what they want to see as a game that's safe. Yeah. You don't have to wonder about ratings on these games because they're all have to be rated E. Right. Um, cheap. The games are meant to be roughly right. five to ten dollars. They're all exclusive. That makes sense. So he's hoping for that simplicity to sell it. Yeah. And I think he's missing the idea now that the actual market is shifting. Just like comic books. Like comic books were geared towards little kids. That shifted. And now who reads comics? Mainly adults, like guys in their 30s are right. the ones reading comic books. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's it's missing the idea of who is this really for. And yeah, you can be a crotchety old guy saying, well, I think, you know, we need to bring this back to children and give them that passion for things again. And I think that's a noble pursuit. Yes. Like, like I love um, Alan Moore as a, as a writer of comics. And he's like, yes, comic books now are jaded, cynical things for emotionally detached adults. They're not for kids, and that's what his passion was. So he tries to bring that passion to comic books. I think what Tommy Tallarico is doing with Amico tries to do the same thing, but it misses the point of what is the crowd for that? And the crowd for that is now Nintendo. Nintendo has owned that market. Yeah. I don't think there's any wiggle room. Like they will not drop the ball and let them get in the there. The only look, is... at the, look at the Switch uh, OLED. Yeah. Like the timing of that. Yeah. Right? They're literally going to release it right on the time he's talking. Really? To crush it. Because yeah. even if they were the slightest threat to Nintendo, they're still like, it's not even running. You need no. a little bit of an inch of no. space to get in here. Not the one sure. gimmick they have is that is that attachment with the controllers. The I controller. think that yeah. that could do something yeah. with the iPhones and yeah. uh, being able to add yeah, that. Um, yeah. I think, like, Nintendo definitely, all my friends, like, they have a Nintendo or a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think any of them will even know about this. No. no. It all depends like, on how... What's what's the suggested retail price? Sir? Probably, probably like 400 Canadian. <laughs> Which is the Switch, though, so... It's, it's insanity. Uh, it's too much. Yeah, but and people you... already bring up Ouya, which are, if you know that Ouya was a failed Android box, which mm. I actually own, because yeah. I, I was fascinated just to tinker with it. Yeah. Around it. But it's like this idea of a crowd-started video game console. Um, I don't know if you know the, the new Atari one as well. Atari mm -hmm. actually did. Um, the name got bought by a couple of guys. There was some shady stuff going on there with its development because they actually hired an Xbox guy to help develop the software, or this or the hardware, and then he quit because he wasn't getting paid by Atari. Um, they kept making all these dates. It's going to be released here. They kept missing their dates. And so people started saying, oh, now there's the Intellivision. Same thing. It's vaporware. It's never going to come out. Hmm. So it's it's starting to draw those same parallels. The Atari product actually did come out. It, it beat the Intellivision to market. It's out. But it's really just 
a moderately powered PC in an Atari casing that allows you to run it different ways. Like you can make it into a Windows 10 machine, it can be a Linux machine, but the reality of it is no one really gives a rat's ass. Because you're like, well, I would just rather buy a PC if I'm a PC gamer. Or if I'm a retro right. gamer, why do I want to buy an $8 a month uh, subscription to this service you have your games on mm-hmm. when I can just play it for free on an emulator? Like, yeah. Why do I care? And so if Intellivision Amico is going to say, well, we want to bring back the hits of your childhood. Here's Shark Shark. Here's Tron Deadly Disc. Here's Night Stalker. I'm like, well, then they have to nail that so perfectly that it's not just a nostalgia thing it actually manages to cross over that boundary into a new audience for games like that who want something a little bit more simple where maybe again it's a a design language thing because i think like playing games with nate on an xbox i can still do it but i can already feel as a 47 year old there's times i'm like okay what am I pressing again? Yeah. Like, I'm starting to forget. Like, my yeah. muscle memory's not there. Like, yeah. oh, and that's true. Like, you actually see a decline in reaction time in video gamers as they get older. So, if they're going to play this game of, well, oh, people want simplicity. I'm like, well, they don't. Like, I yeah. don't think a lot of kids want simplicity at all. He can pick up a game and play it like that. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. how did you figure that out? Because it, it is for us, like it was right. as kids, almost... You, you absorb the technology so quickly, it becomes second nature. And he's able to do that. I'm not. I, I'm a digital yeah. immigrant coming into this new yeah. generation. Yeah. I just, like, he's just a guy born into it. He just, like, I was born into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he just, like, buys a video game, brings it home. I'll start just playing yeah. it, and eventually I'll be way better than him at it. And... Mm-hmm. For, like, a week. And then I kick it back. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Once I figure it out. Awesome. But I think that's intelligence problem. It's, it's got a, an uphill battle in terms of the price point. I think if they were smart, they would try to get things down. Okay, they would try to get it down to around. And in, in the United States, I think we're talking about a three hundred dollar price point, which is like ugh, you're yeah. threading the needle at that price. If it was closer to like one seventy five, now we're talking. Now we're like, talking. Hey, that's actually a value proposition for me. Right. For this console, yeah. then what am I investing in, right? Yeah. I'm investing 175 for the console. It bundles with, I think it's like eight games. Yeah. The f- actual games are only like five to ten bucks. That's not bad. Like there's a value in there for the right price point, mm-hmm. but they can't because the actual price of those controllers right now is killing them. Hmm. I think just the way it looks too is throwing people. It looks like an old Nokia phone. Almost. And for some people, they look at that and they're like, no. And Almost. the graphics of the game, same thing. Like. No, that looks like an Android phone or an Android game. It does. I think, yeah, the word of mo- the world of mobile yeah. games, uh, yeah. it kind of hurts them it as hurts well them too. Yeah, so it's, it's drawing in a the weird way. Comparisons. Yeah. So I, I hope it works out. Uh, I, I y'all, obviously, yeah. rooting for them. Would love to see it work. But I don't see a, a high yeah. success rate or high chance the of success rate. The reason he's able to do it is all because of the oof yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Explain that really quick. Um. So, uh, Tommy Tallarico made this sound. Oof. Um, but these video game creators who create Roblox took it for their game. So basically, Tommy Tallarico tried to sue them, but they made like a deal. So now that's like how he's probably paying for the Amico. Awesome. Just well, money. that's hilarious. Well, I hope it works out. I appreciate you guys coming to talk to us. I love talking about this. But Nate, as you know, as a guest on Yours, Mine, and the Truth, you are now required to provide me with your top five ba- songs 
by the band Extreme. Uh, what? No, all right, that's cool. <laughs> Nate was a late addition. I'll give him some time to chill. Can Can I Know is a is a metal aficionado, and I wouldn't call a lot of extreme metal, but but they they dip their toes into different uh, sides of like uh, hair and sleaze and and that kind of thing, and then prog uh, to some extent. Um, were you able to come up with uh, five songs? Let me tell you, this is a band called Clutch. They're from Maryland. And I could talk about them a lot. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'd love to hear. I will tell you. But no, I think Extreme for me, like, I came into that around grade 11. And mm-hmm. so, honestly, Porn Graffiti is the only album I have any connection to. So, for me to go, okay, can I give you top five songs? I probably couldn't, honestly. He-Man, Woman, Hater stands out in my mm-hmm. mind because, honestly, it's the first song I heard off that album. Mm-hmm. And that opening was... solo, that Flight of the Wounded exactly. Bumblebee is pretty legendary. Exactly. And for me, it was also a matter of, it's it's a nostalgia thing because I got my first car at that point, And one of the first things I was listening to in that car was Pornography. Nice. And so that album is just, it's connected to that first car, Freedom. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah. I, I, I think Extreme's thing to me their appeal and I, I can actually still listen to them and like a lot of what they're doing is the just the musicianship like there's yep. an incredible talent you know Batcourt is an incredible guitar talent yeah um gary sharon has vocal chops because mm-hmm. recently he was the third singer in van halen mm-hmm. um so there's tons of talent in that band mm-hmm. it's just the era they came into prominence it's all we really, talked about it's yeah. bad timing for them because it's the end of hair metal yeah the transition into the grunge, grunge. era and are kind of caught between those two worlds yeah. where they could have been probably a really a much bigger band than they were mm-hmm. but people And they're also goes, oh, and, and they're all, but they're right. also just like falling in love with like Queen and stuff and nobody's yeah, yeah, nobody's yeah. nobody's into that at that yeah, time yeah, right I know, right it's weird. Yeah yeah So I feel for Extreme as a band sometimes I think there could have oh, been a Me too there could of course. Been more for them That was me of course yeah. you think I think and and that and that kind of um, like being overtly ambitious yeah. and and reaching uh, as high as you can, even if you're flawed and like not perfect and whatever, um, became like really yeah. emblematic of work I still love today. Yeah, yeah. And even stuff that even if it's even if it's doesn't land entirely perfect, yeah. like the kind of idea that like these guys are working so hard and reaching really high. Yeah. I, I, that kind of art I still kind of love. That's kind of yeah. why I'm drawn to uh, the, our boy here, uh, Tommy, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's trying something crazy. I yeah. hope it works out. He's trying to keep something from a different era going yeah. and, and building on those good qualities, but yeah, yeah, and momentum yeah. something here. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a big part of it. Well, you named one. That's better than, than most. Could do. I know you could name five if I asked I you I probably to. could. Really but, but, and, and, yeah. but I appreciate this. Nate? Thank you for joining us. You're the youngest member of, uh, <laughs> to join Yours, Mine, the Truth so far. And Ken, thank you very much as He's well. He's 27, actually. Yeah. Really <laughs> wow. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, maybe like 11 more years till that. All right. But... All right. All right. Adios. All right. So much fun, uh, such a unique experience. I've never done anything like that before. 
uh, recording a podcast in a in a trailer when it's raining and you're feeling that uh, pitter patter on the roof um, with my buddy and his son, my buddy Ken, who. If I can, uh, I'm gonna. I feel no shame in putting this out on the uh, on the open airwaves right now. A really great dad. I'm gonna say that right now. You run into dads that are that are good and and uh, and above, and you know some that are not. So I'm gonna say right here. I'll say it one more time. Ken Bolter, a great dad. Uh, Nate Bolter, a cool dude. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me. That was so much fun. Um, I I, I think it's really cool that that something that started in 1979 a video game system that started in 1979 is still being played by a, a, a 10 year old and he still knows a bit about a bit about how to play it and, and what works and what doesn't that was really cool and it's really cool to have that fountain of information that ken was to talk about something that that really was like formative for it's funny i've got there's been two episodes in a row where we're looking at the formative years of of uh, a type of text uh, a medium I, mediums, I should say, that I have really, uh, I grew up to have uh, really huge fondness for and uh, profound attachments to. Um, and that's been two in a row here with uh, professional wrestling and video games here and in television. So, yeah, thanks again to you guys and thanks everybody for listening. Next episode, not sure when it's going to happen because uh, I, I am waiting on a friend who is uh, kind of moving. And I've got the next three episodes kind of lined up, but I'm waiting on this first friend. And once once she's got her stuff sorted out, I can start the kind of one of three that we're going to do for our next episode coming up here. Uh, and that is uh, the Starwell, Star Wars prequels. Finally, I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, that whole thing and everything that came out of that. Um, I, I am kind of at the mercy of my my uh the availability of my guest here as soon as i can get it up i of course i will let you all know don't forget to uh keep listening though and uh listen to these other us and the other shows here on the palm podcast network and as i said if you can uh, help us out uh, paypal it's kellyn at uvic.ca because we're starting to think merch what's a what's a good ymt related something we could do i'll, I'll look into it I'll think of ideas. I yeah, I got I got a little bit of time here. I'm going to, uh, like I said, I'm in the middle of a vacation. I'm going to going off to another uh, friend's uh, cabin for a while here off on the island. So that's going to be great too. We're going to relax and enjoy ourselves, and hope you guys are doing the same. And for goodness' sake, uh, also staying safe. The Delta variant is still scary stuff. Even if you are uh, double vaccinated, in which I hope y'all are. If you're not try to find a way to get there and get it done um and uh if if you aren't uh, yeah try to get, as i said yeah try to get it done but um if you are remain safe remain masked up and uh keep on social distancing where you can because we're all in this together you guys uh yeah thanks thanks for listening um uh, we will uh, see you guys next episode on yours mine and the truth bye-bye